not yet have reached our glory, but I will gladly join the fight. And when our children tell their story, they'll tell the story of tonight. They'll tell the story of tonight. Tonight. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Like you could fall and no one would hear? Well, let that lonely feeling wash All away. All we see is love. For forever but it's when you don't feel strong enough to stand You can reach, reach out your hand And oh, raise a glass to freedom Something they can never take away oh, No matter what they tell you will come running to take you home Raise a glass to all of us Tomorrow there'll be more of us Telling the story of tonight. Out of the shadows, the morning. They'll tell the story of tonight. All is new. It's only a matter of time. Even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you, when you're broken on the ground. So let the sun come streaming in You'll reach up and you'll rise again If you only look around You will be found And when our children tell their story You will be found They'll tell the story of tonight Whoa. No matter what they tell you Telling the story of tonight The story of another episode of Together for Salem. This is episode seven of the Where Do We Go From Here series. Yeah. And uh, this is Monica, my wife, and I'm Aaron. And it's good to be seen by you once again. We are here in our basement. This episode, we will be talking about uh, church and what is church about. And when I say the word church or when I say the word Christian, you may have some feelings or thoughts around that. And that's great. We're going to explore that in this episode. It's going to be great. Yep. Because we are a church for Salem. Yes. 
but for all of Salem. Whether you're a church person or not, um, we are here for you. We're putting out this content every week. Um, hopefully it's encouraging and helpful, uh, relevant to your life. Um, hopefully it's a little bit of fun. Yeah. So I did a fun thing this week that was... What'd you do, Monica? I enjoyed it a lot. I got to talk to Allie. So... Oh, yeah. At the top of our episode. Yes, yes. Our yes. friends Allie and Ryan um, sang Found Tonight. It's from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we felt like the lyrics were really um, impactful and important for this time. You can go back and read them. We'll put a link in the Think show notes. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so... Anyway, I got to um, also have an extended chat with Allie. To getting to know your socially distant neighbor. We got to talk um, on her deck about um, all kinds of things. And part of being for people is, and I'll say this in the interview, so I don't need to say this right now, but is getting to know people. You should know that part. Even people who are different from you. So, I mean, I don't understand how Allie and I can be friends. Do you know, do you know that she likes pineapple on her pizza. That's ridiculous. That's a fruit. And she won't put pepper in her guacamole. Also ridiculous. You need that flavor, that spice in there. I know. It's a fun conversation. I'm glad that we're friends. Yeah. And so enjoy the interview. Welcome to Getting to Know Your Socially Distant Neighbor on Together for Salem. I did it. You did it. I get to do it. This is my friend Allie. Part of being for Salem is um, being for people. And part of being for people is knowing them. And I think sometimes as churchgoers, as Christians, uh, we forget that there are people out there that we can be friends with that have differing opinions than us. So we're gonna start out with some really tough questions. First question for you, Allie. Favorite book or book series? A Darker Shade of Magic by Victoria Schwab. Wow. It's a series, go check it out. Cats or dogs, explain yourself. Cats, because you don't have to walk them. See, there are already things I'm disagreeing with, but I'm just listening. You should walk your cat. No. Okay. Last time you were successful in the kitchen? Uh, like two nights ago, I made empanadas and they were amazing. Except for they were too much work. You had to make your own pie dough and I'm not into that, but did it you? tasted really good. I did, I made my own pie dough. Wow. Let's leave a link to the recipe in the show notes. Allie's, okay. we'll call them Allie's empanadas. Allie's and empanadas, and they'll be, I made it up. And they'll be veg- vegetarian. Yeah, well, I mean, because I used fake beef. Beyond beef, it's what's for dinner. It's beyond. All right, current show you're watching? None. It's quarantine and you're not watching anything? I don't watch TV. You're reading and you're making empanadas. Also, I spend a lot of time on words with friends. <laughs> okay, hey, that's good. That was the quick round. Okay. This is the slow round. So, a little background first. So when I moved to the neighborhood two and a half years ago, Allie was one of my first friends. And we're still friends, which is kind of a miracle. Because now you kind of know me and you're still choosing to let me come on your deck. It's fascinating, really. It really Someone is. Someone should do some sort of social experiment. So here's, here's my, here, I'm going to tell a really quick story. I jumped to conclusions. And I said to another mutual friend with about a friend who was sick or something, I was like, oh man, I would have brought her rotisserie chickens because everybody needs chicken and our other friend who was standing there also a very wonderful person said monica ali's a vegetarian yeah and so it's true not everybody like if you had been sick and i just brought you a couple rotisserie chickens what would you have done i would have totally lied and said thank you this is really nice i'm gonna super enjoy it because you're really because i don't like confrontation so i jumped to a conclusion Mm -hmm. i thought oh everybody around me 
eats meat and enjoys it. And everybody needs chicken, which isn't the case. Now I know I wouldn't bring you a chicken. I'd bring you Beyond Beef. Beyond Beef. <laughs> so as we get to know the people around us, they might eat differently or believe differently. And that's okay. So Allie has different beliefs and a different background than I do. We have some similarities, but mostly a lot of differences. So Allie, what, how would you describe to these people who don't know you, how would you describe yourself spiritually? Uh, I would describe myself as a not religious person. I don't, nor have I ever, uh, attend church. And I do not believe in God. Well, everybody in my family, let me tell you, likes to tell the joke about we were playing Trivial Pursuits and it was some religious question, something about the new and the old, I don't know. The punchline is that I thought that the New Testament was just the Old Testament rewritten, like the new updated revised version, and it turns out that's not the case. <laughs> and so I get made fun of for that. So That's too bad. That's the level of my religious education is I now know that they're not two versions of the same thing. So you mentioned that you've never been to church. Correct. Okay. Well, I mean, I've never attended church. I went once. I had a once first experience because I made the mistake. I was spending the night at my friend's house on a Saturday night. How old are you? Middle school, probably. Yeah. Old enough to have known better than to spend the night on a Saturday night. <laughs> so I went and uh, at the end... They made me eat Jesus and drink his blood. Hmm. And I have, I thought that that was not appropriate. So that really, it really validated my previous standing opinions of religion because I thought, well, yep, this is as crazy as I thought it was. (laughs) I guess this kind of answers the question because the question is, what do you think of church? Well, cannibals, obviously. Right. Um... I think that it's not for me. I think that it is for some, and I understand that and appreciate that, but it is not for me. Okay, so sometimes in our conversations we talk about um, what Christians are like. Picture it. You have an opportunity to ask one thing of Christians. Here's the thing. (laughs) Say it. I love that everyone has different views and everyone has different opinions and different guiding um, values and I accept that and I celebrate that. And what I find to be offensive is when you use your views and impose them on other people. I mean, I guess that's, you know, like stop conquering places and making them be Christians, I think would be what I would do Mm -hmm. just if I could go back in time. I just feel like religion should not be imposed on people in the way that it is. And that if you value your Christian beliefs and um, if you truly honor those, I feel like in there somewhere is respect other people and let them have their values and let them be driven by what drives them um, and go parallel. Don't. Uh, don't take over. Well, we could cut out the hypocrisy too. That'd be great. We could add, tack that on there. Hypocrisy out. Um, no, but I feel like I have, I want to do good 
and I want to bring kindness in the world and I want to make everything a better place and I want to bring joy and uh, to others and be compassionate and all those things and I am just not driven by the religious part of it but I feel like I'm driven in the same direction and I would like you to be okay with that it's good and accept that that I think it's great that Jesus is what motivates you and what makes you the person you are and it's just not a factor in who I am. No. No. But you, even though Jesus is kind of important to me, you... Kind of. Kind of. Jesus is a lot important to Monica. <laughs> Newsflash! <laughs> We're kind of friends. Yeah. Um, but you still welcome me onto your deck. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Have a chicken. You know what? I will gladly have a chicken. <laughs> I would actually... And I did try your empanadas. They were delicious. Yeah. The Beyond Beef. Yeah. Why not? So thank you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being on my church show. Yeah. Super awesome. Anything to be in front of the camera. <laughs> I should say, I'm gonna do, can I do a shameless plug? Allie teaches um, a music class called Music Together. I'm gonna put a oh, link yeah. in the show notes. Mm. Um, bring, your, bring me your wee babes. Bring the wee babes and um, Allie will teach them not just music. But compassion and kindness. And rhythm. Yeah, rhythm is part of music. Yeah, but it's important. Yeah, <laughs> that too. So check it out. And thank you for um, having us. Yeah. And we're going to hand it over. To John. Yeah. Back to you, John. Hey, thanks, Allie and Monica. That was, that was awesome. Thank you for being willing to share and listen. And Allie, thank you so much for just being willing to share your honest thoughts and honest feelings. I think that's what's so important right now is that we try to understand each other, that we try to understand different points of view, that we listen to each other so that we can really know each other. And when we do that, as you know, Ali and Monica have discovered, you find out that you have more in common than you thought, that we're not as different as, as we think we are. And so as for you, viewer, my question to you is when you hear the word church, what do you think of? I think a lot of us would, would think of a building. But if you're part of Cross Creek, I think you realize now that it's not about a building because we haven't been in a building for 12 weeks, but we're still a church and we're still making a difference in this community. How about this? When you hear the word Christian, it's a loaded word right now, isn't it? When you hear the word Christian, what do you think? And if you're not a Jesus follower, you're safe. You can be honest. And if we are honest, I think a lot of us would think of the words maybe judgmental, hypocritical, bigoted, maybe narrow-minded, and have such a tragedy. And, and, and the sad thing is, often the church is known more for what it's against than what it's for. But that's not at all what Jesus had in mind when he created the church. The church was an invention of Jesus, by the way. It's not an invention of some dead dude who wanted power. The church was Jesus's idea. And so as we as we look at re-emerging from this COVID-19 thing, and, and we are still asking the question, what do we want things to be like when we come out of this? I think we need to ask, what do we want the church to be like when we come out of this? And what do we want the church and our, our neighbors as we walk together in this community, what do we want our relationship to be like as we come out of this? And think about it. what if we, everybody watching, whether you're part of Cross Creek, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, what if we could be a people, a community, that's known more for what we're for 
than what we're against. And if you are a Jesus follower, I think it's a very important question that we need to answer is this. What is the church for? Why do we exist as a people? Well, guess what? There is an answer. In fact, the apostle Peter, we first see him in, in history when Jesus says, hey, Peter, follow me. And he's a, this Jewish fisherman. And we see him uh, be part of Jesus' inner circle, the 12 disciples, but he's also in like this inner circle of three. And he kind of has this hot temper. He um, usually is the first one to talk when Jesus asks questions of his disciples. He's the one when Jesus is arrested, he pulls out his sword and tries to cut off a guy's ear. He wasn't a very good aim. And that, that's Peter. But as he got older, he was a leader in, in the early church. And as he got older, he, he tried to write letters to people telling him this is what it means to be a Jesus follower. And we have one of those letters that he wrote probably around 65 AD. We call it 1 Peter because it's the first letter we have written by Peter. He's writing to a bunch of Jesus followers. It's in the New Testament alley, if that helps. And in this letter that he writes, he has this really deep theological thought about the church. And we often miss it. We kind of just skip over it because if, if you've been in church for a while, maybe you've heard it a few times or maybe it's a little confusing, we just kind of skip it. But really, it is so deep and so rich and it's just so clear on what the church was created to be and, and do. And if you're not a Jesus follower, what we're going to read, I think, is hopefully going to be eye-opening. What you might discover is that this whole church thing, this whole Jesus thing, when it's doing what it's supposed to do, it's not what you might think it is. It might actually be better than what you think it is. And it's not to go and conquer everyone and make them Christian, just so you know. But here's, here's what Peter says in this, in this section. He says, but you are not like that. He was, he was talking about people who, who don't follow Jesus and, and what that's like for them. But he said, but you, Jesus followers, you are not like that. For you, and he's, he's plural, when you, when you see the word you in the New Testament, it's usually plural, like all y'all, all yous all, however you would say that. But you are not like that. For you are, I mean, a current reality, not something you are becoming, not something you will be one day, not something you try to be, but something you are. But you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. He's saying every Jesus follower is this. Every Jesus follower right now, whether you've been a Jesus follower for 10 minutes or 10 years or 100 years, is part of this group, a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Some of those things sound pretty wacky, right? Pretty intense. I mean, you can tell this is coming from an intense guy, Peter. And it seems wacky because we're separated by, by time, at least 2,000 years, and culture. See, Peter was a, a first century Jew, living near Jerusalem, very religious guy. And so what he's saying makes sense to him and the audience he's writing to. He says, you are a chosen people. That Jesus follower, God specifically chose you in this time to be his follower. That's heavy. Now, does that mean like God chooses who is Jesus followers and who isn't Jesus followers? I, I don't know. I personally think we all have a choice. And I personally think everyone's invited to be a Jesus follower. But in some way, God chose us. God chose Jesus followers to be Jesus followers at this time in history. It wasn't an accident. He says, you're a chosen people and you're royal priests. 
which had a huge connotation for Peter's Jewish audience at the time, for his Jewish readers. See, the priests in that time came from a specific tribe of Israel, the Levites, and they, they were a tribe set aside to be the priests of God, be the priests in the Jewish temple, to be the go-between for God and the people. They were the ones who had access to the temple. They were the ones who had access to God. They spoke to God for the people. They made sacrifices to God for the people. And their role wasn't just to hang out at the temple and talk about, man, isn't it great being a priest? Yeah, I love being a priest. I'm so glad I'm not like those other people. Hey, I bet you guys wish you could be priests like us and have access to God. Sucks for you. That wasn't their role. In fact, that was what a lot of the priests were like in Jesus' time. When you, uh, if you ever have read the story of the Good Samaritan, there's a Samaritan who, or a, a Jewish guy who's been robbed on the side of the road, and people pass by. And one of those people that passes by is a priest. Says, "Oh no, I can't, I can't help him." And this a Samaritan, a, a hated person, comes and and helps the guy. But the priests of Jesus' time, they were not following their role of being a go-between between God and the people. See. A priest's role wasn't for them to get something out of it. A priest's role wasn't for them to experience God personally and just feel all full and warm. A priest's role was for the people. The job of a priest, what Peter is saying, was to make God known, to help people discover the one true God that made them and loves them. He says, you're a chosen people, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation. Not the United States, it didn't exist when Peter's writing this, just in case you're wondering. But you're a holy nation, Jesus followers. The church. And see, when Jesus talked about the church that he was creating, he didn't use the word church. That's actually a Greek word meaning house of the Lord. The actual word in Greek is ekklesia. It's not a religious word. It actually means to call out. So when Jesus said, I'm going to build my ecclesia, he's talking about, I'm going to build my people who are called out for a specific purpose. An ecclesia was just a group of people who were called out to maybe defend the town or something like that, or do a specific job. He's saying, that's what you are. I am calling you out to do a specific job for a specific purpose. And you are a holy nation, you ecclesia. You're a continuation of God's idea, of God's plan with Israel and Abraham. When God first called, we've, Maybe you've heard of Abraham, pretty famous religious guy. But when God first called Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless the whole world through you and your descendants. And Paul say, or Peter's saying, this is a continuation of that idea that the ecclesia, the church, is God's unified group made up of all races, all ages, all cultures, all social standings. You are called out by God for a specific purpose, designed like the priest to make God known to the rest of the world. That when people look at you, when people look at the church, they see God. They understand what God is like by looking at you. By, by seeing what you're about, they see what God's about. Sadly, as we've all seen and experienced, that doesn't always happen. Not every person who calls himself part of the church actually does that, and it's caused a lot of harm. But what is the church, the ecclesia, called out to specifically do? So we have this role, we have this almost title, this access to God, but what's it for? Well, Peter goes on. He says, as a result, as a result of all these things that you are right now, you can show others the goodness 
of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The role of the church is to show others the goodness, or other translations say the excellencies of God. What's the goodness? What's the excellencies of God? His, his power? Sure. He's incredibly powerful. He created the universe. His, his holiness? Absolutely. He's perfect. He's all love. But see, that's it. That's what he really wanted us to know about him. See, when God came as a human, Jesus, it wasn't the power that he tried to show off. It wasn't the holiness he tried to show off. In fact, the people who thought they were holy thought Jesus wasn't holy. It was the love. See, what God really wanted us to know about him, his excellent character, the goodness of God, is his love. A love that was so strong that it took Jesus to the cross. A love that's so strong that he died for us before we were for him. That's the goodness of God that the church is designed to reflect, designed to show. The church was created to show the world that God is for them. To share that life used to be dark. There was darkness in my life. I was all about me, and it was empty, and it was dark. But after experiencing God's true love, after experiencing his wonderful light, now my life isn't dark. There's light to it. There's joy. There's peace. There's love inside and out. See, the church is created to show the world to shine the light of God's love in, in the darkest places of our pain, the darkest places of our regret, in the darkest places of our fear. That's where the light of God shines brightest. So the church is God's special people with amazing access to him. I always, I always picture this when I read this, I always picture this picture of John F. Kennedy and John F. Kennedy Jr. with John F. Kennedy Jr. just climbing around in his dad's office and John F. Kennedy being the, the most powerful man in the world, the leader of the free world at the time. But his son doesn't care about that. His son just has access to his dad. And that's what every Jesus follower has with the God of the universe. But it's not just for our own good so we can enjoy it and feel coddled and, and warm and, and that type of thing. But it's not, just for, it's not just for our own good. We can enjoy those things, but it's not just for us. It's for the good of the world because the church, the ecclesia, the, the called out ones for, for a specific purpose, exists for everyone. The church exists for everyone. So the church is designed for the world. This is what the church doing what it's supposed to do, playing the role of royal priest and chosen people and a holy nation. This is what we say to a world. We accept you and we love you because God accepts you and loves you. We see you. You might not feel like people even know you exist, but we see you and we enjoy you because God sees you and God enjoys you. When you fall, we will be there to lift you up because God, through Jesus, lifted us up. We are for you because God is for you, even if you don't choose to believe the same things that we choose to believe. See, Jesus follower, this, this whole thing that Peter's talking about, it isn't what you are supposed to do. There's no do in here. It's, it's who, who you were created to be. This is our, in God's eyes, this is our identity now. And we simply choose to accept who we are and act it or not. 
It's a choice. It's always a choice either to be for someone, to be supportive, to be encouraging, to look to their good, or choose not to. To be against them, to be critical, judgmental, maybe forcing our own way on them. It's a choice between those two things. And if you're not a Jesus follower, if your experience with Christians has been that they are more against you than for you, then either they're still in the process of transforming, letting God transform them, which everybody's in some level of that, or they didn't really understand what the church is for. So for this time right now, as we're in this strange, weird quarantine, non-quarantine time, and after, when things kind of start looking more, maybe a little closer to what they used to, what does it look like to be for our neighbors? What does it look like to be the ecclesia that we were designed to be? Jesus Father, what does it mean to you, to you personally, to be God's royal priest, to show others the goodness of God? What does that mean to you? And so I want to invite you, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, but especially Jesus followers, here's, here's your invitation this week. Find one action this week that shows someone you are for them. And you get bonus points if it's somebody who disagrees with you either politically or socially, and maybe somebody who's not even for you. You get bonus points for that. Because as you know, Jesus said, it's, or Paul said, it's really easy to love somebody who loves you. But to love your enemies, that's what the church is about. And maybe you're asking, well, okay, well, where can I start? Well, here's a good starting point. Here's what Peter said, this, or Paul said. The starting point is love. 1 Corinthians 13, it's not just for weddings. It's actually what love is, the love that, of God that should shine from a Jesus follower. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That's our starting point, being for our neighbors. And so let's get uncomfortably real. Let's get a little bit awkward, Jesus followers. If people know more about your politics and your preferences than the love and loyalty you have for Jesus, there's a disconnect between who you are in Jesus and who you are choosing to act like. If you are known more for what you're against, if people know what you're against more clearly than that you are for them, because God is for them, there's a disconnect between who you were created by Jesus to be and who you are choosing be. Our role is to show the goodness of God who called us into his marvelous light. Reflect that light to the world around you. See, a Jesus follower is called out to reflect God's love. That's why we were created. That's why the ecclesia, the called out ones, were created to reflect God's love to the world. So you might be thinking, well, John, you know, so we just agree with everyone and, and you know, we can't have opinions of our own? Absolutely not. We can disagree with people. We can have honest discussions with people. But in your, in your discussion, in sharing your opinion, is it kind? 
Is it humble? Is it peaceful? Is it polite? Is it committed to, are you committed to the truth even if you end up being wrong? Do the people you're disagreeing with know that you care more about them than you care about your opinion? We're going to talk more about that in our next series that's starting next week that we're calling Agree to Disagree, how you can work with people you disagree with. But what if, when, when the people around us talked about the church, they said, you know that that's crazy stuff? I don't know about that crazy stuff with Jesus rising from the dead and you know him, him shedding blood for us and that his, the blood and the juice and all that. I don't, I don't really get all of that. My goodness, do they love each other. My goodness, are they for this? Nobody is more for this community than those Jesus followers. They might have some weird beliefs, but man, I respect what they are doing for this community. That would be amazing. That's the kind of church that literally changed the world 2,000 years ago. And that's the kind of church that can still change the world, especially now in this weird, strange, polarized time. And if you're not a Jesus follower, you're invited. You can be a part of this. You can be a part of a group of people exploring and experiencing an unconditional love and acceptance. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to experience unconditional love and acceptance? You can find community with people just like you, people who are imperfect, who are trying to figure out life and are working together to make the world a better place for others. If you want to be a part of letting others know that there are people who are for them, that they matter, and that they have worth, you're invited to join us. Even if you never choose to believe what we believe or not. Let's walk together and work together by being for Salem together. And Jesus followers, I think we've realized by now that the church is more than a building. In fact, the church is not somewhere you go. It's something you are. And, you know, though Cross Creek isn't meeting right now, we've never been closed. The church has still been meeting. Maybe it's been virtually. Our connect groups are still meeting. In fact, we just talked about phase one, that we are saying, hey, connect groups, meet in person now. And if you haven't joined a connect group, you can join one. You can email us right here and say, I want to be part of a connect group. And let us know. And we might still have virtual connect groups for those who are either unable to meet or uncomfortable to meet. But the church never stopped meeting because the church is not something you can close. The church, the ecclesia, is God's chosen group of people created to show others the goodness of God. And, and nothing can stop that. Nothing stops that movement. Nothing can stop God's love being shown through his chosen people. So Jesus follower, right now, what does love look like? What does it look like to the people around you? Jesus chose you. So let's walk through this together and let our neighbors know that God has never been against them. He has always been for them because the church isn't just for church people. The church is for the world because God is for the world. And here's what Jesus said, explaining why he was here. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have.
share the love of Jesus and be the church of Jesus. Aaron and Monica, back to you. Got it, almost. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, John. Uh, I encourage you to take that invitation, that challenge this week of doing something for someone else that's not for you. I think that's super important in these times. I was speaking of something that is for somebody. Wait, hold on. I'm not ready. Just a second. Oh, are we twinning right now? (laughs) I feel like we're twinning. There's only one thing I'm missing. Which is what? Ace. Oh, yeah. You can talk about that in a second, what that means. But yeah. First, we get to give away a last one. I got my wagon hat on. That's pretty awesome. That actually, you might, that looks good on you. This is funny because whenever we go somewhere, if I even put close to something the same as Monica has on, on my body, she will go change. Which is a lot of things because, you know, I wear hoodies and jeans. Similar. Um, Anyway, so this week, we get to give away Venti's gift card. And the winner for this week is Amber M. Amber M, you are going to Venti's. Mm -hmm. And you can contact this delivery. I think, are they open? Oh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. But anyway, you can get By the time you watch this episode, who knows what's happening? Who knows? Could be different. Yeah. But yeah, you are the winner this week. Congratulations and thank you for your comments. She she posted something on which one? You know what's funny is this week we did like is one and comment is worth two. And she will, I think she liked it or loved it on Facebook. Yeah. But it just goes to show. You never know. You never know. You we, could be the winner. We did. We do it totally random. Aaron picked yeah. his number between one and whatever, and he picked Amber M. So what John would say is, you better get that beer cheese soup because oh, that's yeah. John Silva's favorite he thing. Likes that yeah. There's all kinds of stuff to like there. Um, so this week, mm. we are giving away a gift certificate to Ace Hardware. Pretty much Ace Hardware is wherever you're at. So oh. whether you're in San or not, that's, that's true. Yep. Twenty-five buckaroos. Um, I've been there during the outbreak. You know, get my mask on, walk in, get mm-hmm. my stuff, do mm-hmm. my thing, walk back out. Super friendly people, like anything you could need for any project. Um, That's like so six tomato plants. You could have a whole tomato you garden. Could, you with could that. have many tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yes, or paint. Oh. Or I found a little sticky tack for my son's um, football pennants. Whatever you need, they basically have it. Ace is the place. So uh, this week, how do, people, how do people, is it the same as last week? We're gonna do the same. It was fun. Awesome. Yep. So here, Excellent. you can either react on Facebook or comment on Facebook or YouTube. Five if you if you like it on YouTube, thank you so much. We love you for that. Thank you for subscribing, clicking notify, and liking it on YouTube. But I don't know who likes on YouTube. So if oh, you yeah. want to enter, hit the Facebooks or comment. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> so that's it. Um, so thanks for hitting subscribe. If you haven't yet, you can be a winner now and fill out the welcome uh, the welcome form on our website here. Um, just saying, hey, thanks for watching. That's our way of saying, you know, thanks for watching us and the content. And we want to start a conversation, get to know you. We'll send you a $5 e-gift card uh, that you can use pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. So head, that, head to that website and um, let us know you're watching. Yep. That's super fun. And I think that might be it. Oh, oh there's one more thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in being in a small group, these, mm. these we call them connect groups. Um, it could be in person, it could be virtual. Please let us know because we're actually putting groups together at this time. So uh, yeah, let us know if you have an interest. We know that's a big step for a lot of people. If you have questions about that, you can let us know as well and we will do our best to answer those. Yeah, yep. it's, a great, it's a great way to take these pixels to being real smushy faces. Oh, thank yeah. you, smushy face. Yep, you're welcome. Okay. There's questions coming so you yes. can discuss um, what you just heard about 
back there at the other parts of the episode. So watch for those discussion questions. And thank you for watching another episode of Together, Together. For, Salem. for Salem, episode 11. See ya.